Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Who do you think makes more money in commercial real estate? A specialist or a generalist? A jack of all trades or a subject matter expert? Let's talk about it in episode 75 of the show. My name is Darren Krakowiak and I'm here to help commercial real estate professionals save time, earn more and be top performers in their market. Really excited to share with you some ideas on today's episode on how you can earn more in this industry. Let's get right into it today. So who makes more money in commercial real estate in this industry, this lucrative industry that we work in? Is it generalists or is it specialists? Well, I think there's a reason why most commercial real estate service firms organize their businesses by sector speciality. There's a reason why franchisors of commercial real estate businesses provide the franchise licenses by geographic patch. And the reason why they do that is to allow their people to earn more by being true experts. Now, some people can be a little bit scared of specialization. They may feel that by specializing, that they're limiting themselves in some way. They're worried that maybe they're going to miss out on an opportunity that they would have otherwise got if they didn't narrowly define their patch. But I think when you do the opposite and when you have a very broad definition of what it is that you do, who it is that you serve and the market that you cover, you run the risk of not being able to cover any area particularly effectively. And you can often have too much territory to defend. I think that it's a lot harder to be able to answer questions on everything as opposed to having a very deep knowledge within a narrower band. Now, I want to put one caveat on this statement that you're better off specializing than being a generalist, and that is if you work in a very remote market, a very small market, and you may need to do a little bit of everything in order to survive. Unless that's the case, you should have some level of specialization. But what I want to share with you today is that you don't have to specialize in the ways that you may think you need to specialize. For example, just going after office or industrial or retail or a certain service type like leasing or sales, property management. I think there are other ways that you can be a specialist and I want to share some of those with you today. But before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit more about why specialization is important at different stages of your career. So if you're in the early stages of your commercial real estate career, I recommend, I recommend specialization because it's going to help you craft a more compelling message for your target audience and having a more compelling message and being able to talk confidently about a certain slice of the market is going to compensate for the lack of track record experience and relationships that you have in those early stages of your career. And I think specialization then continues to be a good strategy because as you progress in your career, you start to become known for something. And if you can become so well known for something and so competent at it, you will start to be seen as a go-to expert. 
And when you're a go-to expert in your slice of the market, that's when you're in a great position because people will start to approach you for advice. You'll be the first to know about new opportunities in the market. You'll know about them before others, which means you're potentially going to be appointed without even having to bid for work. And in circumstances where you do still need to bid, you've got the strategic advantage of having known about the opportunity before anyone else. So you're still in a much better position to win the work. So how do you get started with specialization? What do you need to do? I think if you're going to try and be positioned as a go-to expert, the first step of specialization is to make a commitment to know a certain slice of the market better than anyone else. Now, if you're in a really saturated market, you might think, well, the only way that I can know any part of the market or the only way I can know that market better than anyone else is through years of experience. And that may be the case, but I think you do have the opportunity to narrow your focus and to decide that this subset of the market is what I'm going to know better than anyone else. So a way to do this could be, for example, just to walk the streets of the market that it is that you're going to target. Get to know the buildings, get to know who's in them, get to know who owns them. And when you've done this grind work, which is a little bit of hard work at the start, but it's easier to stay on top of a market after you've done the hard yards of getting on top of it in the first place, then you're going to be able to have better conversations with the targets that you prospect and the work that you've done by walking the streets and getting to know the buildings, the owners, etc., will actually give you a list of prospects to start opening up conversations with. It will give you something to talk about once you do connect with them because of all that field work that you've done. And having done the field work will give you confidence to speak with people with more competence because you know that you've actually done the work that's required to position yourself as a credible expert in that market. So I did mention before that there are a number of ways that you can potentially position yourself as an expert beyond just looking at those three main sectors of office, industrial and retail. And I would say that when it comes to those three mega sectors of our industry that you can also specialize within them. So when it comes to industrial, you could become a factory specialist, you could become uh, when it comes to warehouses, you could really get into automation. You could get into refrigerated warehouses. Looking at office, you could specialize in big, shiny buildings, in strata offices, in business parks, for example. And when it comes to retail, of course, you can specialize in neighborhood centers, big box, uh, strip or high street retail, or big regional shopping centers. So outside of those three sectors, though, let's look at some other sectors that you can specialize in. And some of them are actually ripe for the picking, I think, because they are growth areas, which are increasingly investment grade properties. So they've got great prospects. So as you're looking for areas to specialize in, we want to find areas that are growing potentially, and that perhaps are not yet saturated. And I would put areas like uh, healthcare, uh, aged care and childcare, at least in Australia, into that category. I would also look at hotels, pubs, 
other venues like that, resorts as an area, golf courses is another one, uh, multifamily as they call it in the United States, which is more sort of called build to rent here in Australia is a, a category which is increasingly growing in Australia, but has always been a commercial real estate class in the United States. And of course, there's agricultural land, there's development sites, and then there's just land itself. So there are a number of sectors that you can target when it comes to picking out a specialization. Now, when it comes to geography, yes, you do need to have some limit to where it is that you are going to be targeting your efforts. Now, some people have the whole country is their area, or some people even look at regions, but generally it's within a country and you can go tighter than that. You can, if you're in a a really built up area, you might decide that this city block is going to be my area of specialty, or it might be a certain suburb or a certain estate, etc. So understanding the geography that you're targeting, the sector or sectors, deal size is another area, whether that's in terms of the number of square meters or square feet of the asset, or in terms of the values. So the typical values that people look at, one to five million, five to maybe 20 million, 20 to 50 million, 50 million to 100 million, 100 million and over are the sort of deal sizes where people are typically targeting. And you could even go within a narrower band and then sort of stretch yourself beyond and below the band that you initially pick in order to grow into a bigger slice of the market. You can look at ownership structure. So strata, for example, or freehold or leasehold is sometimes relevant in some markets. You can look at the client type. So we're looking at local investors or foreign investors here in Australia. The prominence of Asian investors means that there are many successful commercial real estate practices that target Asian investors or even target specific countries within Asia. So mainland China, for example, or Malaysia, just to give you a couple of examples. You might look more at institutional owners or private owners or syndicates, or maybe you're looking at government. If you're dealing with tenants, you could look at different industries of the client. So technology, I've seen not-for-profit being really well-targeted. I used to really like targeting the banking and finance sector when I did tenant representation. Lawyers are another area that you could target professional services more broadly. And of course, there is the service line, so leasing, sales, property management, etc. I think if you're able to identify a specialization that you want to cover, which is potentially underserviced, where you believe you can become a market leader because of the characteristics of the market, because of your own characteristics, or because of your own interest in that market, then that's a great area for you to look to target. You can combine different specialization categories that I've already mentioned. So for example, you might decide that I'm going to target Asian investors who are targeting between five and $20 million, but you don't necessarily have to be limited to office industrial or retail. You could just say that I'm dealing with those particular buyers from these markets within that range. So there's many different ways to slice and dice it in terms of how you want to define your speciality. Now, when you're looking at specialization, if the target specialization that you would like to have is already well covered, as I mentioned before, just go with a narrower band when you're getting started, and then you can expand out to broaden your reach and ultimately get to your 
desired target once you've mastered that smaller specialization. I think mastering a smaller area will help you master principles of client service that are going to be relevant for when you do branch out. You're going to have that accumulated market knowledge under your belt. And also, of course, the confidence that you've built by getting to be the market leader within a smaller slice before getting into a bigger part of the marketplace. And the one thing I want to say to you, if you're already a subject matter expert and a market leader and a go-to person in a market, then I think the challenge for you, if you want to keep pushing yourself and keep challenging yourself, is to broaden your horizons and to start building a team of people who will help you serve that specialization. And then for you, to start expanding and growing what it is that you can do to serve more clients just outside of that existing specialization where you've already achieved market leadership and you're in a very strong position. So what I've talked to you today is some content that is included within a program I run, which is called Top Performer. It's an eight-week program that will equip you with the abilities, habits, and tools you need to be a top performer in your market. It contains six modules of learning. A bit of one-on-one time with me is included. And also, there's more recorded content that's included within the program that will help you go deeper on the areas that we cover, like purposeful prospecting, ways to win, and building your brand. We're going to be bringing in another cohort of top performer very, very soon. And if you want to find out more about the program, and if you want me to send you some information about it when we do launch it, you can go to cresuccess.co forward slash top performer, all one word, to register your details. And then when we invite our next cohort of students to come in and be part of top performer, I will send you all that information if you register for it at cresuccess.co forward slash top performer. That's all I've got for you today. Good luck with your specialization. Thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co.